Hey, you're listening to the Icarus Idea. This episode, we're gonna talk about games and toys, so keep listening. Welcome to the Icarus Idea. My name is Maida, and this time we have two guests. One guest, as usual, is our podcast guest, an ID graduate to tell us about his experience. But also, I'm sitting here on a Skype call with my unusual co-host, our guest host. Hello, Tuan. Can you please introduce yourself and guest of today? Hi, hi. Yes, of course, I can. So my name is Tuan, and I'm in my second year of IDE right now. Uh, I like sports, specifically basketball, which I've been playing for quite a long time. I like all uh, all kinds of games as well, board games, video games, but also things like darts or pool or midget golf. And furthermore, I really like handcraft, so making things by hand, for example, models for the study or personalized gifts. And apart from all of this, well, this podcast is really for me. It's really for people like me who are just not quite exactly sure what they want to do after their studies so uh, yeah i hope to uh, to learn a lot uh, in my time here we all do and we are all learning so <laughs> i think it's working so our guest today did both his bachelor and master in industrial design engineering at the university of twente he did his bachelor assignment at philips and his master assignment at minkles which is a company working on high quality solutions for data center infrastructure after graduating he went on to work uh, at goliath which, if you don't know, is an international manufacturer and distributor of toys and games. Here he designed, among other things, the toy Reaction Extreme Race, which won the award for Toy of the Year 2021. And today he is here with us. So welcome, Kasper Schriek. Thank you very much. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. It's, uh, it's a nice and busy time at work, so that's, uh, that's always fun. Nice. So let's get into it. Um, as Tuan mentioned, you did your master's at um, your thesis for master's at Minkels, a cabinet and cabinet provider. But then, how did you end up at Holiot? Yeah, that's quite a different uh, organization, right? Um, yeah. When I was looking for a master's assignment, uh, this was over summer break. There was not a lot of availability of, of assignments at that time, and honestly, I could have searched probably a little harder. Uh, that <laughs> so um, at some point I was I was, uh, I was searching for a while and then this assignment came along and it was actually originally a different assignment and together with that company I, I uh, rebuilt it basically for um, for the purposes of a uh, proper master's IDE um, assignment uh, but it was like the products that they're making there it's, also, uh, it's for data centers like you said um, they're mm -hmm. mostly working on cabinets for the products that are going to be slid in there, not necessarily the electronic stuff, but the, the, the frames, basically. Um, and while that is very interesting for people that like, like a little bit more of the technical hardcore engineering stuff, um, I didn't actually like that sort of product too, too much. So I wasn't necessarily bound to, to that company or that type of product. Uh, and then my girlfriend actually got a job in Zwolle. Uh, and I mean, industrial design has a pretty decent job offerings out there uh, as compared to some other studies. So we decided to move there to Zwolle, which I'm, I'm, is where I'm living now. And I, I got searching around uh, around there. And one of the first places I found that I could like, 
write an application for uh, was Goliath. And that was actually the first one I went to for my job interview. And I it was a, it was a direct hit, basically. Nice. <laughs> so I started working there actually two weeks, two weeks, three weeks before I graduated already, like part time. And then when I graduated, it's, okay. uh, it's a full time, full time thing. So basically nice. uh, summarized, got lucky and just rolled into something that's incredibly fun. You sometimes need that as well in life, right? A bit of luck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You always need a bit of luck in life. <laughs> but you seem, you sound, um, you make it sound too easy to find a job, which <laughs> makes all of us who are about to go to the world and like actually be graduated worried. Ah, we don't have to worry, no. It will all be fine. Um, we also know that the track for ID Master that you did was Management of Product Development. Do you use the skills? Um, is it aligned with management of product development that you do there? or? I, th I think you can approach it from both. Um, in my time, it was design and styling was the third option. And now it's, I think, um, something with human interaction or something. I'm not sure that the name changed, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, but basically, I have, I have colleagues or I had a colleague that did that master's um, and was in the same team that I was in. And I'm uh, okay. from the management of product development and I'm in that same team. So you can approach it from two different sides. So my background allows me to look more into the way we are designing things. And from the other side, it's basically um, a lot more the creative like background and the creative support for whatever we're doing. So if you look at the products that we're making, it's not really too like super difficult hardcore engineering problems it's more it's especially because we have an engineering department that's in hong kong that does a lot of the engineering uh, over there depending on on what's the easiest and the quickest obviously and for what we are doing on our side like management of product development basically and like industrial design as a whole is a studies that that's that's teaching you a very broad set of skills they say this all the time like all the teachers say this and it's one thing to hear that and think okay i, I have I, apparently i'm being taught a lot of different things but it's another thing to to actually um experience it because in the field i am actually using like a very wide set of skills so for instance um i said this uh, in, in the preamble um we the way we work is that each, each person of our team is basically responsible for a few different projects. And for that project, it's your job as the designer to take it from wherever the starting point is to it being on the boat in China. It's, um, so yeah. that whole process is going to take a lot of different steps um, with a lot of different disciplines, a lot of different people. Um, management of product development like sets you up pretty, pretty good for all of those steps, basically. So yes, for sure, it's it's uh, it's definitely um, the right the the, the right yeah. studies. But what is it like necessary? You get the job that you're trained for, like your background matches, or does it happen that ID students who don't have a master's or something, and they start um, working as a product manager because they have the capabilities? Like, is it major based or experience based working in a game design and toy design? So if you really want to do toy and game design, again, you can approach it from a lot of different ways. So there are people, I, I have one person in my team, for instance, that hasn't done a master's at all, or I'm not sure 
uh, he's done a bachelor's in something completely different, I believe, like years ago. He he was building ships, like he's a carpenter. He was a okay. Carpenter. And then in his off time, he was making games. He was just making them for fun, and at some point, he's he's got them published. And that is something that my manager saw. And when we yeah. had an opening and we needed someone, he said, "Okay, this guy can make games." So he doesn't really know how to product which we as industrial designers obviously do know um so he's missing all that like um knowledge after the fact but that first step like making the actual game um that's something that that's that's yeah yeah uh, we don't necessarily get taught that at industrial design obviously because we're not a game design studies um, but that that's in and of itself is a very different way of thinking about a product so game design is still a very important factor, but we have that knowledge in-house. So what we really need is people to actually make the physical product um, and help assist in that whole process that I talked about before. So uh, yeah, in that case, uh, definitely we're, usually we pr prefer looking at um, industrial designers to hire, for sure. And from, uh, from all the many skills that you use, as you mentioned, uh, did you learn all of those from the study or did you also develop some of them during your time there? Apart from the game design skill that I mentioned just now, uh, the idea of like de designing a game that that has a a few uh, I don't have the book here, but that's a that has a few different um, steps along the way than we usually do. So you can actually apply the I don't know the for instance the the Dell's design model or something like that. You can definitely apply that also to game design, but the, the very quick testing, the adjusting, the looking at how people interact with something, that's something that, that definitely I, I, I learned well on the job. Now that we are talking about games, let's go talk about the reaction Extreme Race, the toy that won the award of the Toy of the Year of 2021. For our listeners, reaction is like, I, I will explain briefly, but obviously you can explain how the game works better. Um, reaction is a game that um, works like domino, you line them up, but um, it's slightly different than dominoes because the stones that are in this game, you can build cool stunts with it, apparently. Can you tell us like how does this game works and what was your role in it? Yeah, so so that's pretty, pretty accurate. Um... We uh, as, as <laughs> have have uh, have been uh, distributing uh, and also partially developing Domino Express for a long time, uh, and that's a very successful brand. So we thought, okay, how can we elevate that to the next level? And what we did is we made a a system whereby you can use the tiles that you're using for your Domino track uh, and also build with it. So you can build cool things but you can also build and that's the whole the whole way to play with with reaction and domino as well is that there's a giant chain reaction that you're building and then at some point you're going to push the first tile over and then everything explodes right and in sequence so um, basically what we did is we took some of the killer stunts from domino express which is the looping and then we we looked at some other uh, some others as well and we we transformed them into the new style and added a lot of different stunts that had a very cool effect that you would like to build into your track. So the Extreme Race is actually the biggest set of a line of four different um, sets. Uh, and all of those sets have their individual like stunts that they focus on. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big chain reaction toy uh, line that, that's based on the whole idea of dominoes, but then um, elevated to the next level with the building thing. And, and I, I mean, me as a kid, I was a Lego guy for sure. So yeah, yeah working on something that, that has its own system, uh, looking at Lego, for instance, for a lot of inspiration, in some points, because Lego is obviously a very different product, it was actually a really cool experience for this. It was a very fun project. But what was your um, main role there? How did the project start and what did you do? So we have two types of, um, generally, like obviously the, there's nuances there, but two different ways we can start a project at Goliath. There, there's ideas that other people come to Goliath with and say, look at this cool idea. Do you want to buy it? And sometimes we say, yeah. And then we need to develop that into something that is like actually manufacturable. It looks good for consumers. There's a lot of different aspects that we usually need to change, but that's one way of working. So this is the other way. Uh, we basically started with nothing and we said, okay, we need something that's going to be a line. It's going to be cool. I'm not entirely sure how we started because it's been a few years now. Um, but we started with brainstorming. We started with sketching, ideation, um, and slowly did the whole process, basically, which we're, you're all familiar with, I'm sure. Um, so we did everything from scratch. And the way this worked is, uh, like I said before, this was a project that was assigned to me. So I was the one responsible for, for every step of the way. And my manager is actually a guy that's very involved with design whenever he can whenever he has time. Um, so he actually helped a lot with this as well. So basically we had a, a lot of sessions, just me and him in, in, a, in a room with a whiteboard and just thinking about what the, what the product has to be and, and visualizing uh, what we think it needs to look like in the end, stuff like that. So there's a lot of different people that helped, for instance, someone did the artwork, someone did like the marketing strategy. Some, so a lot of people did different aspects, but me and also then my, my manager basically had input on every single step. So that's why this is basically my baby. And that's why I, I told you guys that this is, <laughs> this is yeah. a product that, uh, that I'm very, very invested in. What was the main challenge that you encountered during this? It's always hard to say the main challenge, but something that sprang to mind instantly is that like you just said, um, you, you need to be able to build this and you need to be able to have it fall apart. Now, those two are like counter to each other. Mm -hmm. um, one suggests it needs to be as tight as possible so it doesn't fall apart. And the other actually needs to be very loose so a, a very small domino tile can, can uh, knock it over. Mm -hmm. So in a reaction tile, we actually included some, some very very small slots, for instance, whereby you can actually lay the tiles on top of each other very, uh, very easily, very loosely, so that if you then knock it over, it actually falls over easily. But you can also click it into each other, which is a much more secure way of connecting the tiles, which allows you to build. So in using both of those ways of building, like interchangeably, you can make bigger structures that fall apart in smaller so that's our way of solving that problem. But that's, that's I think, the main challenge. So we need something that, that a small tile has to, like, crash apart. Yeah. Uh, but also, at the same time, it needs to be a big tower. Because otherwise, it's not fun, right? 
or it defeats the purpose, I guess. I'm so intrigued. I'm going to order this game because I need to know how it, I be like, you're going to see me building, I don't know, such a huge thing and just tip it over, <laughs> waiting for that moment. <laughs> yeah. But, um, could you maybe elaborate a bit more on the stunts? Because I think the construction that uh, we can see that, how you can build things with it, but what kind of stunts can you love with them this is, is interesting one thing that in university i at least didn't necessarily um i did think about it because you have to think about it but th it's so much more important than than yours uh, i always thought about is that cost is everything mm -hmm. at least uh, i mean uh, it's i'm sure it's in every industry but in the toy industry it's it's everything right mm -hmm. so especially for domino express and, and reaction the problem is that every stunt you put in you take out tiles and the the main thing with stuff like this is you want just volume you want a lot of tiles as a kid you just want a lot of tiles mm -hmm. um so what we tried to do and i think we succeeded um in in pretty well is that a, a bunch of those stunts aren't actually very big in terms of plastic they're actually fairly small so we have a spinner that's actually a very small spinner on the base and then you can click the tiles in to make it bigger. Um, but the thing itself doesn't isn't necessarily very big. We have another stunt that's a cube, and that cube uh, shoots out the top part, and that's the only thing it does. And because that's the only thing it does, it's a fairly simple stunt. Um, we also have wheels, for instance. Those are just two pieces of plastic interlocked, and then they like one axle, one wheel, and that you can click into your tiles. So because you have, we have constructed it in this way, it allows for a lot more tiles to be included in the set. Uh, and all those stunts are able to set in motion the next step of the, the track that you're going to build, basically. Mm -hmm. So with the cube that I talked about that shoots something off, is that you have something on one side, um, uh, a track walking towards, uh, going towards the cube, it triggers the cube, and then the cube smashes into the car, the car actually starts driving across the room, and there's another track that, that goes further, and that whole section of the room is surpassed by just two tiles, or uh, I guess a few tiles, like four wheels and a cube, which yeah. isn't necessarily a, a huge amount of plastic, or, or like mechanical, um, like uh, like hardcore mechanical units uh, uh, products. So um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the main things. And then I mean, the the looping is actually not necessarily the same thing. The looping is just it's fairly big, but it's just cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the looping is, for instance, one of those stunts that in Domino Express was extremely uh, well received, and it's it's just cool to look at. And so that's that's an obvious influence for us. Um, what is the average time that you spend on developing a toy or a game, for example, Reaction? Because you said you started working on it a years ago. So I want to know, like, did you work on it for four or five years and developed it? or? Now the development um, schedule basically is a lot shorter than five years. What I, what I mean, like, when something starts production, basically, then our job is pretty, as, as designers, is pretty, pretty much done. Yeah. Um, because then, I mean, you can tweak whatever you want from the design, but they're, gonna, they're not going to change it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, um, but when they start production, up until when it's actually in stores or even when it's actually being sold, so we know if it's a good product or not, or if people like it or not, that still takes a lot of time. So I guess what I mean, like that time plus the development of the, like the engineering part, then before that, obviously you have the concepting phase, stuff like that. Uh, all of that, I think, for reaction, I don't know. I think it's it's three three years ago, four years ago that we started thinking about it. And then there's the added factor of sometimes we have something cool, and then we start developing it, and then we have a point in time where we need to pitch it. Obviously, pitching is is part of uh, every de design process. Uh, and then when we pitch it, maybe it's not good enough. Maybe there's something there that we need yeah. to further develop. And that means that maybe we push it a half a year or maybe a year. So it's 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 very dependent on the product, but that happens well, quite often as well, um, that something needs to be further developed before we actually start hardcore engineering and, and mm -hmm. making the tools and stuff like that. So it, it, it varies. Sometimes there's a product that we think can work. We make a prototype, it really works well. And then we like fast track development very quickly. And sometimes it takes a few years for it before we actually get it right. Um, it, it varies a lot. But let's go to our last question because we don't really have time anymore. So this is a question that we ask to our all of our guests. And that is, what, what is your advice for um, ID students who are graduating? Or we can make it more specific and say, what is your advice for ID graduates who wants to get into toy or game design? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I think those are two different things. So in ignoring the toy and game industry for a second, um, me personally, and like I said, I um, got pretty lucky. So... Um, I, I did not have to change this, but basically, for instance, my portfolio wasn't really up to snuff. Uh, I thought, okay, my whole master's has been much more theoretical, much more uh, like in the material and the way of thinking, less on actually making products, uh, which is more on the uh, more on the focus of the bachelor. So I thought, okay, that knowledge is something I need to transfer, not via portfolio, but via like the conversation that I'm going to have. That is true. However, your portfolio needs to be up to snuff, right? That's something you have to do. Um, this is like a massive mistake that I made. And I think I got hired despite of that, not because of it. It's something, Lucky. and it's something, it's also because right now I'm, I'm working with a lot of interns from uh, different schools. Um, and I'm seeing their portfolios as well. So don't, so there's a lot of easy steps that you can take for a person that's looking at your portfolio to take away the right information. So what you don't need to do is to put like insane amount of content there. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, what you need to do is you need to show people what you as a designer are capable. So you're not gonna have to put only the cleanest renders, the most, like the thing you're most proud of, one image, this is the product I created from scratch. I, as a person that's looking at that, I'm going to think, okay, that's fine, but show me how you made it, right? So put your sketches in there. Make If you make one giant sheet with like a hundred sketches that go from super rough to more stylized or even like very quick, quickly, quickly rendered, I can see your progress as a designer, which is something so super valuable and so little people do actually. 
Um, obviously, put your end result there, especially if you're proud of it. Yeah. Uh, but don't make it the focus. Make the process the focus. That's so much more important. Other than that, I think um, I personally struggled a lot with not really knowing. So I couldn't clearly and con concisely uh, phrase what I learned over my, my studies, which is something that I... <laughs> Relatable. My, yeah, I was going to say, a lot of my friends actually struggle with the same thing. The you know a lot more than you think. <laughs> you, you, you've been learning a lot more than you think. So again, in, in working with interns and study, like we, we do assignments with schools, um, in looking at what the first year knows versus what a third year knows versus what I, when I just graduated, knew, uh, there's so much knowledge and applicable knowledge that you accrued over all the years that don't feel which is, I, I know that's like very hard to do and not a switch you can turn off, but don't feel scared about not knowing enough. Um, just try and think about, so, so you, you know how to make a product. So explain how you, how, you, how you make a product, explain the process. And I mean, if, you look, if, you, if you're talking to someone that doesn't know at all, they are gonna think that you know um, like a lot of the stuff which you do. Right, so um, yeah, it's a, it's a very elaborate way to say you can be confident. <laughs> You're allowed to be. Confident. <laughs> uh, that helps a lot. And then for toys and games, so when I say it's fun to work at Goliath, it needs to be fun because if it's not fun, I'm not doing my doing my job right because the product yeah. that I'm working for is specifically with the direct purpose of being fun. Mm -hmm. So. Obviously, if you if you like toys, if you like games, that's something that's very important. But also, if you like uh, thinking about games, thinking about what a person does, like how how a person engages in play, um, if you are excited and and um, um, intrigued by that process, um, then then working in the game industry is actually very cool. And like I said, for the study of industrial design. There's a lot of product design that comes into the types of games that yeah. we are making. Um, not a, a lot of the knowledge that that product designers have is actually something that we um, very much value. And there's actually, I don't think there's a lot of game companies in the Netherlands, at least for this target, uh, available. So yeah, so I, I got super lucky with with Goliath. They happened to be around the corner <laughs> with me. Um, yeah, yeah, and and make games. If you if you're if you're gonna um, send an application to, for instance, Goliath or a company like Goliath, um, make games. Um, it it can be very so. Spend like three afternoons in a week thinking about a game, and it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be something you've thought about and iterated upon. Like I said before, with the with the sketching thing, if you can show me that you've thought about it and progress progressed through your thoughts, it doesn't even have to be in the correct direction. You just have to be conscious about what steps you're going to take. And then when you're working at a company like this, and this probably goes for not only game design, but all sorts of different industries, when you're starting working at that company, you're going to learn a lot, a lot about the industry, a lot you didn't know before, a lot which is going to show you that your original game idea is probably rubbish. That's fine. <laughs> um, it's just that you need to, to, to if, if I see someone... Um, 
if, if we're looking for a new intern and we see someone with the exact two people with the exact same skill set, but one has tried thinking about and making a game and the other one doesn't. I mean, the first one definitely is going to be like the first one we want to talk to. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically it. Well, and it's probably applicable to different industries as well. I'm sure. Uh, thank you for this advice. I think for many people, especially me, since I'm making right now my portfolio website, <laughs> um, your advice was so helpful. Thank you for that. I hope our listeners also enjoyed it. And yeah, continue. Sorry. One more thing. Um, a portfolio website is super cool and is probably very good to have. If you're going to have a in-person conversation, bring physical stuff. That's that's not required. But that's it's, really it's hard. Very helpful, uh, especially if you have prototypes. Okay. Especially if you have like physical stuff. It it shows a like if you have a, a website plus the physical stuff with you, it shows an extra level of um, openness about your work, which is actually something that's very valuable for us at least. All right, so everybody nice. take notes, make a cool yeah. por portfolio website, land out interview, take your um, products over there and get the dream job. Easy peasy. Don't throw your models away. <laughs> I did throw my models take away. Every oh no. That's not great. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, Casper, for um, talking to us. And the listeners, thank you for listening. As usual, please let us know what you thought of the episode. You can always comment on Instagram or send us an email. We will put the website of um, the games that we talked about in the description so you can check it out. And if you want, like me, order. I hope the price is for good for a, a broke student. I'm not sure yet. But hope you enjoyed the episode. And thank you, Casper, for talking to us. Yes.